0: Print maps from your hunt areas. Download it today at the Apple App Store or Google Play. Hunt Stand. Upgrade your arsenal. Welcome back everybody to the o2 podcast tonight we are going to give you a quick rundown of what we've been up to um around the state we actually have been traveling a little bit so Corey, what's been uh going on in your world
1: uh went hunting with you guys that was a good time once you put a tag on a deer. That was a pretty good story. We're uh, on the board. Let you yes, let you tell that one a little bit. But uh yeah, that was a good time. First time down there, uh hunting that area of southern Ohio. So that was pretty cool to see. That's a cool area. Um, other than that, just been kind of nursing my shoulder, overshot my bow a little bit too much, and uh just been taking care of that a little bit. Got yourself some new arrows, got some, myself some new arrows. So when my shoulder gets better, I can finally start playing around with those and dive into all that kind of stuff. That'll be fun. So, yeah, just taking her easy for right now, playing with the old crossbow until the shoulder gets better.
2: Cool. And
0: Mr. Birthday Boy?
2: Oh, yeah. 39 today, man. You're getting old. I know staring 40 right in the face. So and that Ooh. is is 40 or 50 over the hill. I'm not
1: well you are in your 50th year now. Stop Forty. or sorry, sorry,
2: 40.
1: Yeah, 40th.
2: Yeah, 40th, 40th. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, I I'll tell you what, man. I, I've had like a whirlwind three days. So I sent you guys that text on Friday night. My my <laughs> wife and, and her friends wanted to go out to they just wanted to go out so I get drugged to this burlesque bar in Columbus. And nice. I'm not like I'm not a dancer. I'm not a party club club guy. I had a blast, man. I had <laughs> an absolute great time. You no, know, you know, you know what? You get like seven or eight beers with me. Mean, I don't have a good time pretty much anywhere. And that's I think it's what happened. But I got swept up into it, man. It was it was a great time and um. Saturday morning I took off and went to old Bloomington, Indiana, and, and watched the Buckeyes beat some Hoosier ass all over uh the great state of Indiana in that rainstorm. So that was a good time. And then uh Monday today, birthday, my first duck hunt of the year, and and shot a, a hen mallard. Um it was it was pretty wild, man. We had like it was a public land spot. We had ducks everywhere this morning and they were you know flying and zipping up to our decoy set and 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 this was all before sunrise and they, and i mean they just kind of i don't know i don't know where the ducks went but we had a couple come in during legal shooting hour or shooting time and put one down one in the bag and well, it's been yeah it's been been a good uh good couple days so i'm gonna go out i'm gonna go out three three times for this uh this first split for duck. So. Well, there's enough water out there right now and coming that I think there'll be uh, plenty of places for the ducks. Man, Seriously. There, yeah, Like there's all like, like like where we're at I mean, stuff was flooded out that we haven't seen flooded in, in, in a couple years now. And I mean, it was, it was pretty sweet today actually. So I, 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 I always want to check out this, like this flooded timber spot in the state forest that we hunt. And so I, I, I talk my buddy into into going out there today, and the entire time he's like, "This is bull crap. It's not gonna hold ducks." Like I'm not. He he refused to get in to this like flooded tip. because you have to like, you know, there's there's lay down logs and trees everywhere, and it was like it was kind of sketchy. And I'm like, man, this this is ducky. Where I'm I'm getting here? I just want to check it out. And so I check it out. I'm like, this looks great. We're gonna hunt this. And he's like, I don't know. So I'm climbing out of this area, and he's like, duck, 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 duck. And I had my back to him and like over the treetops are like 10 ducks that were just dropping over the trees, fully cupped. I mean, and I turn around so quick trying to shoot these, these ducks. they slid down the hill that I was, on. <laughs> it was all muddy and rainy. And so like I, my shotgun, it was flying, you know, you know, in my one hand and like I'm grabbing this tree. And I just watched these ducks look at me and then swoop off and go over the treetops and out of my life. So yeah. Hey,
0: And next time you, you want to invite me to go, I'd be happy to go with you, but you can't tweet at me at four o'clock in the morning. Okay? Oh yeah. I'm I not going to get you yeah. <laughs> up. I hope
2: you had your notifications on. No. Luckily well, that, that giant rainstorm kind of broke up on, I mean, it rained pretty good for like half hour, but there were no, uh, like yellow bands of rain that came through. So yeah, it was a good time, man. Had a, had good. a good time. Got my new duck call. That was fun playing with that. So
0: Getting all the dogs going in the neighborhood. Yeah,
2: I get get the dogs going. I get the. I start quacking at the kids walking down the street, and that's yeah. oh, great. I love it. So
0: good. Well, on my front, yeah, guys, you kind of alluded to it. We had our our uh, weekend there a couple, of well, ten days ago or so. Got down, uh, hunt some public land down in the dark. Uh, obviously, in the morning. It was very, very dark because it was very, very in the middle of nowhere. We just followed Paul and we got there and it was raining the entire way down and the wind was blowing. And I, one of those events where you're kind of like, we're doing this, it's going to be an experience and just whatever happens, happens. But climbed out there. First time I'd hung my saddle set up in the in the dark. Um, I really got lucky. I'm not going to lie. I happened to pick a tree that was stuck between two pretty good paths had a couple does come down through and was able to seal the deal on one of them the larger i mean i want
2: i want to expand on the lack of effort that you put into picking this tree like like we're walking out and and there's like two little roads that separate and you're like have you ever been down here i'm like no i haven't i always go a little farther and like this looks good and you did you walk like 40 feet into the woods i was like maybe maybe 50
0: yards off the the 50 50 yards but a funny part covered in deer it's completely dark and yeah <laughs> you go down and you're I, I was starting to pick a tree and then i'm like oh wait i gotta pick and it's windy and the snow or the rain and everything and i'm like oh i better not pick a tree that's dead so i'm sitting there like with my headlamp up in the, the canopy trying to find that has some leaves on it to show me that it's still alive and then it's not covered in poison ivy like my oh previous experience this year uh so i got lucky picked one
2: that same, that same morning, like, I mean, you've got a hundred deer roaming over you and I get to the area that I wanted to to hunt and I kind of like round the corner and there are like two does Santa right there. I freeze. They look at me. They, they don't know what I am. Two more does walk out. There's a buck like 70 yards past me. And and I'm just standing there like, like a jackass. I only have my bow ready to go. I mean, it's just total train wreck. Only deer I saw. So Good for and, you, man. Happy for you.
0: Yeah. And a couple of days later, got one, got one at home. So the freezer is beginning to, to fill up. We're getting there. But ladies and gentlemen, we are entering the best time of the year. So Ohio, we've got a lot of rain coming this week. But after that, it looks drier. And I saw some 30 degree temperatures and the boys are going to start moving. The girls are going to start moving boys will follow them so we are kind of right on that that threshold of things starting to get real hairy in the woods I've seen
2: a ton of bucks dead on the road the last couple of days like small bucks nothing massive. I mean maybe one or two decent but I bet I've seen 10 to 15 deer like bucks down on the road in my travels across the state so they're definitely starting to they're starting to move so
1: I'm just trying to figure out how I'm going to be able to fit a hunt in on the weekend in between all the Halloween trick-or-treating festivities. Because apparently we've got trick-or-treating scheduled for both Saturday and Sunday. It's too so much fi- candy. I know. Much, I'm trying I'm trying to figure out how I can sneak out in between all of this trick-or-treating. Here's
0: what you do. You go trick-or-treating as a hunter. And then when you just disappear, you're like,
2: it was camo. You couldn't see me. I was there. Gone. That's genius, actually. So,
1: I'm gonna gonna try that. Sheer genius, Lloyd. (laughs) Um,
0: as far as news around the state, let's see here. We've got a couple things worth mentioning. Um, the pheasant release, you know, usually the state does this, has been announced. Uh, you've got 14,000 roosters gonna, gonna be released over 25 pieces of public land. Looks like starting with the youth season, October 23rd and 30th. If you guys want to check out ODNR's website, OhioDNR.gov, they've got all kinds of information as far as where and how many birds and what days. Uh, looks like pretty good stuff. Uh, following up on the Ohio Land Owner Hunter Access Partnership Program, uh, we are up to about 47 properties across the state. So that's that's picking up. Again, ODNR's website has all the information you need on that. The little mapping uh, program is actually pretty cool and it gives you a pretty good idea of what to expect at each property. But um, we are actually tomorrow going to be talking with some people from the state of Ohio in regards to that program. So I'm not even going to really get into that as much as I would like to... uh, tonight because we're going to talk to those guys and have them on here
2: 47 that's way more than i expected to be when it started to be at a about part of it. 15 i it was like uh-oh i mean we looked at it and talked about it you know a couple you know six weeks ago and there was like 30 some so i mean they're they're still signing signing landowners up so yep i don't know that's pretty neat and as far as other
0: other things going on i think uh paul you were talking about some of the small game rabbit pheasant
2: yeah small game starts yeah small game starts november 5th next friday uh, from today the 25th so um, just pay attention to your regulation books and
0: make sure that you're aware of what's going on where you don't want to go out for a deer hunt
2: and find out that there's 250 roosters being chased in that (laughs) yeah. <laughs> yeah small game I, I i i participate in that like the, that pheasant release i have a blast man i mean i really encourage people if you've not hunted pheasants to, do, to give it a shot you don't need you know you don't need a dog to hunt pheasants in the state of ohio i mean our birds are you know they're not wild for the most part uh just get a couple buddies spread out wear some thick pants and get after it man the brushier the better so because it's a lot of fun. And pheasants are tasty. Wonderful. Yeah.
0: Well, I don't know that we've got a whole lot more on the news front, but uh, tonight our, our episode is going to be with Parker McDonald of Southern Ground Hunting. If you are not familiar with Parker, uh, he is a very fascinating uh, individual. He's got some really unique ways that he hunts public land. Um, we'll let him talk more about that. I felt like our conversation with him is—he uh, gives some great tips. And the dude is a killer. Like he's yeah. been—he he does most of his stuff down south, but he's been up to North Dakota. He's been to Kentucky. He's coming to Ohio. He's going to Pennsylvania, and he he fills tags right. So he's got some nice big deer. The bottom line is he fills tags. So if you're looking to fill tags, I hope you can find some interesting um
2: you know ideas out of out of his discussion. There. Yeah, he does he does something and he talks about it in the episode where he, he has new spot Monday. And that's something that I want to incorporate into my love, hunting life. Love that where idea. You go to a just an you know a place that you've never been, and it doesn't have to be Monday, but just something, you know, to break it up. And you know, all the years I've been turkey hunting that's one thing that I started the last couple of years, you know, cause for 10, 12 years, it was the same places every year, every year. And you kind of get burnt out on it. Um, but there's, Ohio has a ton to offer. So, and as does, you know, Alabama where Parker's at. So I think it's, I think it's a, a good point that he makes, but the guy is great, man. Um, really happy with, with how his interview went. I think you guys are going to really enjoy it and and hopefully learn something. So
0: yeah, and I know there's probably some people out there thinking, "Okay, we're in Ohio. Why are these guys getting some 31 year old kid from Alabama to talk to us about hunting hunting public land deer?" But like I said earlier, he fills tags and he's got good ideas, and it doesn't matter what state he's in. Uh, so I think you're really going to find uh, a lot out of that. His website is southerngroundhunting.com. He's also got some YouTube stuff which there's a YouTube video of his North Dakota hunt from this year in which he drives a deer out of uh, the public land on a Chevy spark, which is hilarious. Um, So you might uh, check out some of that stuff. And I think he's on Instagram. He gives all of his information there at the end. Um, But while we're on that, we've got our Instagram, which is the.02.podcast. And uh, Paul, what's the Twitter
2: at ohio hunt i appreciate the people that have got on there and started interacting man i i love you guys yeah brian hall we see you yeah we see you brian hall but i gotta meet uh, that guy and we're
0: on uh, go wild oh brian's great yeah he we'll get him on here someday but uh, i'm Go go wild
2: as well yep go on and if you are not if you are a hunter or an angler and you're not on go wild it's free to sign up Go do it. It's really, I mean, it's just a cool, it's a cool app. It's a cool website. So it's all hunting, all fishing, like-minded people. It's good stuff. Try it out. Very good.
0: All right. Well, I don't think we have anything else, but I hope you guys enjoy our episode here with Parker McDonald, and we will talk to you next week. See you. Well, today we are joined with a special guest, uh, Mr. Parker McDonald. Uh, Parker is the host of the Southern Ground uh, hunting podcast and a YouTube channel and everything else. Um, for those of you who aren't familiar, Parker is a very successful uh, public land hunter. He's done it and he's out of Alabama, but he's also been uh, successful up in North Dakota this year. And uh, Parker, I'm going to let you give us a little bit of a rundown for uh, any of our listeners here in Ohio. Um, I don't know a whole lot about Alabama other than we don't like your football teams and there's a country band that's one of my favorites uh, named after your state. So
2: that's the real important question. Are you Roll Tide or War Eagle? That's the only question we need to ask
3: man football gets away a deer season too much i can't
0: (laughs) you can say go bucks i mean there's nothing wrong with that we won't hate you for that
3: Uh, i'm i'm uh, you know the bible says be all things to all men so i am uh whoever you want me to be (laughs) i don't i don't care i used i was born and raised in west texas so i was a uh, uh texas tech fan and uh Pretty much was a Texas Tech fan forever. You know? We can be on
0: that because I think that's where Baker Mayfield started, right? Now he's running the
3: Browns, so we're good. So we've got uh, uh, Crabtree was there. He was out of uh, out of that's Texas right. Tech. Um, oh my gosh, my my brain just went dead. There was a good quarterback that ended up. What was the freaking? He was the coach. Cliff be, Yeah, Cliff Kingsbury. Yeah. Quarterback from from Texas Tech and. This coach there and um I mean we've had some some more downs in Texas Tech football, but, uh you know I just I don't keep up with it. I could sit here and act like I care about it, but I really
0: don't <laughs> let's talk about deer because that's uh as this is going to and we'll let you give you a little bit more of your rundown. Um you know we're gonna probably this show probably will come out here about the first week in November. And in Ohio, that is the heat in the woods, man. That's where it's picking up. So, anyway, let us, give us a rundown here, Parker, on uh, what you got going down, down there in Alabama.
3: Yeah, so I have been here for uh, roughly um, 12 years, something like that. i have give or take a few. I lived in Georgia for a little bit, hunted around Georgia. But I've been in Alabama for most of my adult life and, uh, did church ministries What I worked in as a career recently this year. I, uh, I quit that job, started my own business doing graphic design and website design video and stuff. It's called white Hawk creative and been doing that now and doing it full time, which is awesome because it gives me time that I can hunt with a job like that. I can work from anywhere and I can work at any time that I want to. So from, you know, three o'clock in the morning till noon, I can hunt, which is awesome. Uh, the cool thing about Alabama, it's, it's cool. It's both cool and a little bit disheartening when you follow people from where y'all are from. Uh, the month of November is pretty slow for us. You know, I mean, you, you start getting some, some deer on their feet. And if you, if you know what you're doing and you are good at, at finding a cup uh, a buck's core area you can uh, you can be pretty successful in the month of november but it's it's our november is equal to y'all's uh october the quote-unquote lull um that the lull to me uh, in the other states that i've hunted you know deer in october the month of october it's not that the deer are not on the feet they just shifted from what they were doing in the summer they've shifted and they're not quite doing the rut thing yet but they are on their feet somewhere they're just in a tight area um so that's kind of what our november looks like so i pretty much take my month of november and i'll hunt here from time to time but i'm actually coming up to y'all's neck of the woods i'll be in ohio uh, I'm, I'm actually leaving next friday the 23rd of october through the 29th i'll be in kentucky and then uh i'll come home for a week and hunt that first week of november here and then i'll leave the 5th And come up to Ohio and hunt there for about a week, then go up and do a Spartan Spartan Forge hunt in Pennsylvania. Um, The veterans' hunt that they're giving away right now is going to be pretty cool. Um, So I pretty much take my November and I get to hunt around other places, you know, in places where there's a lot of deer and there's bigger deer. And uh, and then once December kicks in, man, I uh, I get after it here. I I don't plan anything for the month of December. We've got some really exciting, cool stuff that we're going to be doing this December that I can't really, I'm not really at liberty to talk about, but it's going to be awesome. And um, I'm really excited about November, or about December this year. Pretty much, if you look at an Alabama rut map, we have like a like a map that says all the dates and it looks like I describe it to a lot of people as a storm system going through the state, like a radar map there's just different colors all across the state. I've, I've killed a buck that was chasing does hot on their tail on February the 10th on the last day of the season. And I've killed bucks. You know, I've seen, I have killed bucks. I've seen bucks early November chasing does. So it's like, you just, depending on where you're at, it, it just, it's a crazy rut here. And actually somebody, somebody who hunts in Alabama could, hunt the rut from early November all the way through February. If you chased, if you had the time, you could chase the rut and just go from county to county, WMA to WMA and chase the rut, which is really, really cool about it. But I get to do my, I don't have to give up my rut at home. Uh, That's that's my favorite thing. I don't have to give up my rut at home to do out-of-state rut hunts, which is pretty freaking cool. I've been doing that the last several years. I killed a good buck in Kentucky during the rut last year. Um so I, I really try to go all over the place man my wife's a champ she is the best she is literally the best and uh we got two young babies we got a, a 5 year old or 4 year old almost 5 and a 2 year old and she is like rock star during during deer, deer season she's rock star all the time but deer season she she lets it shine man and she uh this morning I killed a deer I killed a doe this morning and Every time, man, when I call her, she's so excited. You know, she's happy for me. She's not like that, like, I guess it's like the stereotypical deer season widow where the husband calls expecting her to be all excited. And she's like, Yeah, cool. And my wife is jacked up, man. She's jacked up. I think she was jacked up this time because that meant she get to go uh, get her nails done tomorrow because I'm not going to ah, be in the house, So that's so, awesome. So, yeah, that's pretty
2: much what I do. Parker, I want to, I want to ask you you're talking about going to Kentucky, going to Ohio, traveling. Um, when you're, when you're looking for either a new place to hunt in Alabama, or you're going on a trip out of state, what things are you keying in on, you know, to where you want to kind of set up? And when, when do you start that process? And just well, to give a quick rundown, a lot of Parker,
0: you you're, you're doing a lot of public hunting, right? So yeah. when we're talking about this, it's, it's not some piece of property that maybe you're on all the time, but it's, it's things that you're, you're coming up to maybe fresh.
3: Yeah. So the, the biggest thing that I think is the largest contributing factor to me having success on public land, and I've been doing it pretty much since I started like religiously hunting on public land, um, is using water access. So I use a kayak pretty much where I go. If I go on an out, out of state trip, I have the kayak loaded up in the back because you just never know what you're going to run into. But here in Alabama, I'm looking for water. Like if I can find water, that means I can find a place where I can get away from hunting pressure and hunt deer that are not used to seeing people. And I think that's the the thing that turns off so many people about public land. Certainly it turns me off about hunting public land is the idea that people are going to come walking through there and people have been hunting and blah, blah, blah. That's why people don't hunt public land. That's why it's an, it's kind of frustrating. It's annoying. Um, because people are unethical, they're rude. They don't care. People walk right by you and not give a care in the world. They'll, you know, that's just, just what people do. And so whenever it became a necessity for me, we started having kids and it became a necessity for me to not just go hunt public land when it was convenient, but that's the way I got to hunt now. Cause I can't afford to get on a lease. Uh, it, started with this with this kayak and I just man I love it it is so cool it's it's fun it's hard work so it separates you from a lot of people people aren't even if they got bass boats they're not putting in at three o'clock in the morning and riding their boat on foggy water that's just not what people do especially not when it's cold near and dear season and so I'm able to separate myself from everybody and most of the places that I go are untouched for the most part there's a few of us the local that do it, but not very many. You got thousands and thousands of acres that are of public land that are landlocked that aren't, aren't getting hunted. I mean, I know of about three people that do it regularly in my home area, like three people. I have yet to run into another hunter at a boat ramp this season in the last two weeks at my, at, at the boat ramps I've been at. I know they've, there've been people at some other ones, but I found that in any state that I go to, the water access really works. Um, there's a lot of factors that could that go into it, um, but the biggest thing is pressure. You're getting deer that are not pressured; they they don't mind, you know, strolling along in the daylight because they're not used to people flinging arrows at them. So. That's a big thing. And the other thing is like coming at them from the direction of the water, where 99.999% of the time, there's no danger that comes to them from the water for their whole life. They've never seen danger come from the water. Like, and if they have, it's been very rare. So, even if you're hunting in an area that is, um, people can walk in and access it, most of their walk in access is pushing the deer back. To the water's edge. And so I find that coming at them from that direction usually is a very useful tactic um, to to find deer, even if they are pressured deer, even if they've been pushed, you're as deep as anybody could go, right? Like we all hear, you hunt public land, you go deep, go deeper than anybody else. Well, you start deep whenever you do the kayak or or a boat, whatever. So if I'm looking at a map, planning out-of-state hunt, that's the number one thing I'm looking for is water. I want to find water. And, and the other advantage is, is deer need water, right? They need water to survive. So much good stuff grows up. Like the food sources grow close to the water. I just killed a doe last week on persimmons and pretty much the only place I find persimmons is right next to the water's edge. And and you can't I'm I'm not saying you can't find that stuff by walking in. You certainly can most people kill deer not using water access so it's definitely possible but i think that adds to the consistency that i'm able to have in in getting back into areas other than that just to kind of go i guess a little deeper into the question when i'm looking at a map i talked to a guy from mississippi his name's jeremy aaron and i I talked to him on podcast uh not too terribly long ago this guy is pretty much just like a 55 year old version of me Um, he uses the water access. He's a lot more country than I am. Like he, he talks with a, with a a twang to it, but, um, you know, he's just an old Mississippi boy, a river rat, you know, and that's just how he's grown up doing it. But the dude is so consistent. If people need to check him out, he does the do it yourself hunter on YouTube. It's him and another younger guy named Daniel lemon. And these guys are so consistent. And that's one of the questions I asked him. I was like, dude, you're going to like Kansas. You go to Illinois, you go to Indiana, you go to Mississippi, you go to all these states and you always kill a good deer. What are you doing? He said, well, you know, the main thing I'm doing, I'm going and finding boat ramps. I'm finding water. He said, most of the time I'm the only boat putting in at that boat ramp. It'd be, it'd be November the 7th, the peak of the rut. And I'm the only boat putting in there which I find to be true. Um, but he said, the other thing I'm doing is I'm going in and finding spots, finding areas within this state that I have a tag for that set up similar to what I hunt at home, what I know how to hunt terrain, vegetation, his case, he's hunting river bottoms, like the Mississippi Delta type area, like big river bottoms in Mississippi. And he's looking for something that sets up similar in Iowa he's going to look for something that sets up similar in indiana and all these states uh oklahoma and he's going to be able to break that down because that's what he was raised hunting and so something i'm looking for where i hunt i hunt a lot of rolling hills it's like it, it's not quite mountains or at the foothills of the appalachian mountains so it's not quite mountains but it gets pretty steep uh where i hunt especially close to the water those big steep drainages and bluffs and stuff it's bluff country right here and so uh when I go to Kentucky, man, I tried doing this farmland crap and hunting bean fields and funnels and doing all that BS. And I just couldn't do it. I've, I've had a couple shot opportunities on big bucks in Kentucky, but I never made it count. And, uh, I think a lot of it was in my setups. I just wasn't set up right. And so I went last year, found a place in Kentucky with a group of dudes. And we went and pounded this place. And dude, I, I killed a buck in three days. Uh, I killed a good buck. And on that third day, I had three encounters. I shot the first one that came out and he was a good one. A few minutes later, another buck came through. A few minutes later, a giant came through at 20 yards. And it was because I was able to use the stuff that I use at home that I've been doing for a long time that I can pretty well pinpoint and I can put it into place there. And you go from Alabama to Kentucky the deer are going to pretty much act the same in the same terrain, but there's just more of them and there's bigger ones. So, you know, it, it, the, you hear people talk about it all the time. Like guys in Florida says, Oh, if you can kill a deer in Florida. You can kill a deer anywhere. Yeah. Maybe if it sets up like Florida, but you ain't going to go from Florida and then go into the mountains and all of a sudden just be able to kill a deer because you don't know how to hunt that kind of stuff so i think you know everybody wants to hunt something different i watch midwest whitetail and i want to go hunt cornfields and you know get a wide open shot at a booner at 15 yards that sounds great to me but realistically i suck at hunting farm country i can't figure it out so if i want to make the most of my tag make the most of my time i'm going to go to somewhere that sets up similar.
0: It makes two of us. It sucks at hunting farm country. So, and I get to do it all the time.
2: Yeah. (laughs) So so you're, so primarily you're looking, you're looking for water. What kind of train features stick out to you that like, when you see that you're just rolling through a a wildlife area in Ohio, you found your water source, your water access, and you're rolling through, through the map. What, and and you, and and what pops out on that map and you're like, that's where I'm going to go. That's, that's what I'm looking for.
3: So here's here's my I call them my common denominators. I talk about it a ton on my podcast, and I'm super excited to get to talk about it on another one because I think everybody who listens to me talk every week is probably tired of me saying the same thing over and over again. Um, but I call them the common denominators, and it's things that over the years, whether I'm driving on the highway and look at a map, I see a big buck and think, why is he there? Look up on the map, I can find these common denominators, and I can go back to the times that I have been successful, um, I've been successful here in Alabama or Kentucky or Texas or wherever. And I can say this was definitely something that came into play in all those things. So here's, here's my, like, this is what I'm looking for every single time. I want a hard line transition. And when I say a hard line, I want something from I want something like thick pines with undergrowth, real thick undergrowth, butted up next to a. Oh, geez, I just got a spider crawling on my leg. (laughs) That's just fun. Uh, Sorry about that.
2: (laughs) Very good, man.
3: It's not every day you got a spider crawling on your leg.
2: No, take care of it.
3: Um, So I'm looking for uh, that hard line transition. So something that's obvious, pines to hardwoods. Is something that we have here a lot uh, in Alabama, but I know other places have like cedar, uh, cedar thickets Tennessee has a lot of cedar thickets that meet up butt up to hardwoods, but if I can find at least one hardline transition that's great. Uh, but what I really like so in Alabama i'm looking for a pine thicket that's butted up next to a clear cut so cut over which is nasty thick and then it butts up next to a. A. Uh, like hardwoods. So you have a three, like basically a T of transition. So if you have hardwoods here, cut over up here, and pines down here, you have that perfect T. And I'm gonna set it up right in the middle of it because those edges, that's just more, and if I can find four or five or six, you know, types of things coming together and meeting together, man, that's just where I always kill deer. But the other thing that I'm looking for is some type of terrain feature that meets with a hard line transition. So a if you've got that three-way transition and there just happens to be a drainage ditch coming up out of it, uh, we have SMZs out here a lot. It's a stream, stream management zone and it's basically where they will um, leave, they'll leave a strip of woods in a clear cut. They won't cut it down so it doesn't stop up that stream. It keeps the stream flowing. Dude, I'm telling you when you can find those and usually that creek is it creates some type of terrain feature, creates some type of ditch or lower area. If you can find one of those, golly, it can be awesome, but it can just be a a bench, you know, a bench coming off of a ridge that happens to have that hard line transition right there. If you can find those uh, like compounding features like that, that's the common denominators for me. And almost every big buck that I've killed, it's had all those things together. I mean, it's got the terrain feature, whether that's a saddle, a drainage ditch, a bench, whatever. You know, just not normal. Something that's not normal. Um, and and those are the that's when I'm looking at a map. That's what I'm looking for. I want to know. I want to know. And it makes it even better if there's a cornfield, you know, on the other side of that clear cut or whatever. Cause then, you know, deer are using that at nighttime and they're going to use all of these things to travel around that, to get back to wherever they're bedding to. And that's just always seemed to be for me, man, the, the, uh, bees knees, I guess that's just where it all seems to happen.
2: Buck bedding areas. That seems to be, you know, the last couple of years has really taken kind of center stage on kind of the, the mindset of, of the modern bow hunter. Is that something that the, like your, I mean, when you, when you get to a property or, or you know, whether it be in-state or out-of-state for you, is that something you're really focusing on or, or you're, you like more of those transition zones?
3: Yeah, I mean, you know, uh, a buck's bed is where he's going to spend 95% of the time that we have legally to hunt him, right? He's going to be in there the majority of the time outside of the rut. He's going to be in that bed. And so, and then once, once the rut kicks in, the doe's bed is the, the doe bedding areas is where he's going to spend most of his time at. And It may not be bedded down in it, but he's going to be cruising those. And so I 100% every single time take into account where a deer's bedding at. Now, typically what you're going to find is the deer's bedding area is going to be at the place that gives him the most security and most of the time the most security is going to be in the thickest area like that's not a secret for most people for years and years you hear people say oh that place is thick that's probably a bedding area um what i like about hunting transition zones the reason i like it so much and those those hard line transitions where multiple level meet is they all offer different things so uh, uh, a clear cut is thick usually here it is anyways pine thickets are thick hardwoods are not you know most of the time in the in the winter time hardwoods is going to be pretty fairly open um but the hardwoods hold the acorns the acorns are where they're coming to from their bedding area which is probably going to be in the thickest cover so i want to find something thick that's that's another thing that's super important to me is finding that thicket because if i can find the thickest area with the transition the, the more than likely it's gonna it that's that's what's going on if you're finding deer sign in that that x or whatever you want to call it uh in that hard in those hard lines if you're finding sign more than likely they're betting in one of those things and that's why i like it they they all offer different different benefits to the deer
0: i appreciate you going into that because one of the things that drives me kind of nuts is always hearing about deer betting deer betting well I mean, hell, I think I've seen deer bed anywhere and in central Ohio, I mean, there, there's, and that's a little bit different being some of the urban things, they'll bed in people's front yards. Like it's, what is, what is bedding to me, but given the idea there on the, on the thick stuff, it makes sense. And, uh, I appreciate you kind of clarifying some of
3: that. So. There's no doubt. I mean, I, I wish, I really wish sometimes that I could hunt like the Wisconsin marshes, um, just to just to do what they do because in those marshes and you've got these little oak islands and the oak islands are where you know the deer come in to feed from their bedding areas or they'll bed right at the tip of these oak islands and so there's like very limited places that a deer could actually bed in there and you can kind of pinpoint them but it's just not this is just not realistic for us here in, in in big woods types areas you know they, they could bet anywhere like i said earlier they could bet on any point you know just because it's a third up the ridge and it's got a north wind blowing over his back you know on the on the military crest doesn't mean that he's going to be there every single day that there's a north wind blowing he's got another one 50 yards or 300 yards down the way that he could be at just as easily like it really it's really kind of uh it's kind of almost, it's not impossible. It's possible. But I, what I want to try to find is a place where he's going to be traveling. If he's got six different points that he can choose from, that there's a bed on that I know of, I want to be where he's going to cross through that he could get to any one of those six. Does that make sense? Like, I'm not going to, there's not a lot of times that I'm just going to go and set up on a bed and just say, come on. Now I say that, but Friday morning, I'm probably going to go do that because I found one and it, it really offers a lot. You can, he's got fresh rubs and stuff all around. So it looks like he's been spending a lot of time there. That's really all I got to go by right now, you know, as far as buck movement goes. And, uh, I'm going to just go set up on it. It's super easy to get to. And so like, I think it's doable and I think people should try it and it, it can work out, but it's not Setting up over a bed is like, you know, it's really tough to do out here. Really are, tough. To
0: out here. So, are you into the bump and dump thing, though? If you were to be walking through
3: the woods and and bump one out, you're gonna hang up there. Hundred percent, hundred percent. I'm going to. I've had times in Kentucky where one of the deer that I told you I didn't capitalize on is actually the first day I ever hunted Kentucky. And I went in and bumped two big velvet bucks up out of their bed and, uh, walking in, had no idea about the area. Didn't know what to expect. Bumped these giant deer out of their beds and got a shot at one, two hours later as the sun was going down. Um, cause they don't go far. That's the thing that people don't realize is like, when you bump a deer, they don't go far. And if that's what you have to go by, I mean, that's good Intel. That's good Intel to have, you know, it's like, you could be walking around looking for tracks and looking for, you know, acres that have been eaten up or whatever. You can do all that stuff. if You feel like it, but when you actually see him there, that's your best, that's your best chance, you know, cause if you, once you see him, if you didn't booger him, up, especially if you didn't booger him up too bad, I mean, they're, they're going to run, you know, they might run a couple hundred yards, stop, check everything out. And if you're quiet and you get in there and get set up, you'll be fine. I mean, it's not to say it's going to work every single time, but, I, I have seen it work. How much in-season
2: scouting are you doing? Are, are you are you going out pretty regularly or do you lock in, hone in on a spot and just put your roots down, man, and that's where it's going to be?
3: No, I definitely don't put my roots down unless I have a reason to. Um, I have areas that I go to. Um, and most of the time, I'm just like, I'll set up on like some really good terrain features during the rut and continue to sit there until i kill a deer or whatever but i mean i'm gonna i'm gonna mix and match you know i'm not just gonna go there every single day but i'm not just gonna count it as like oh, i sat there once i'm not gonna sit there again um i've got spots that i know will produce if you're there at the right time and so like during the rut i'll do that right now i think i've set the same tree uh in the last two weeks twice um I shot a doe, the, the doe I shot, um, the third day of the season on Monday, I set at it again the following Friday. Cause it was persimmons. Uh, they were on persimmons and persimmons were dropping. The deer were hitting them. And I was like, I'm gonna go try to kill another one there. And, uh, and I almost did. I almost got a shot. They just kind of went by a little bit too fast. Um, so, you know, occasionally I'll do that, but to get back to your question, I'm almost always in season scouting um especially right now like i said during the rut i have areas that i know we're going to produce if i'm there at the right time uh i know where some the doe bedding is at and i know how the bucks use it i've just been doing it for a while and i know they'll produce occasionally i'll go to a new spot during the rut if nothing else is is working out but um man from october 1st through through November, pretty much through the end of November, my Alabama hunts are going to be focused on in season scouting and trying to find the hot, the hot feed tree. I mean, Warren Womack talks about it. All I, love, the, I love that guy. He's the best.
2: He is, man. If he, if, if our listeners have never listened to Warren Womack, you got to just listen to Southern ground. That guy is fantastic, man. He He is awesome. What a gem.
3: He's great. And, and the reality is, is most people, you know, a very high percentage of people are going out. They've got the weekends to hunt. They're not going out trying to kill a booner. Um, they'd be great if they did, you know, they, everybody wants to kill a booner, but most people are like, I'll kill whatever, you know, I'll kill a doe. I'm just trying to fill the freezer, whatever. And, um, that's when the NC, the early season, that's when I try to do it. All the doe killing and stuff. And man, like this morning, um, went in, not blind i'd I'd actually killed a buck in this area before a couple years back but i went into it blind for this season i hadn't been back over there and uh i was like okay i'm gonna go i'm gonna go in this uh, this the bottom of this ridge and i'm just gonna look around the bottom and see if i can find any like really good feed sign where almost looks like a tiller has gone through there, hogs or something like that Um, if I can find that, that means the deer are there. And in the past early season, the acorns start dropping and they're all in this little area. So I went in, did that, actually bumped a deer off of it, uh, walking in this morning. And I was like, well, that's good enough for me. So I set up and killed a doe at daylight. Like it was that quick. And, uh, I think if you can learn how to read that, learn how to find it and, and kind of know, I mean, you still use. I still use all the same like transition areas. Um, I'm not as strict to it, but usually if I find a, a hot feed tree, it's because there's other things that the area is offering. You know, it's a good terrain feature or a, uh, a good hard line transition is somewhere close by, but for early season stuff, especially when the leaves are still on, everything's kind of thick cover. Um, they feel secure in pretty much everything uh, for the most part. It's time to do it, man. And I just it's worked out. It's worked out really well in the past.
0: Okay, Parker. So listen, I just clarify this. Paul asks the intelligent questions. Okay. I asked. I asked that's because I'm the
2: dumbest one and I have the
1: most to learn. So.
0: I asked the questions that I you know, probably other people are thinking, but you know, one not ask. So you get in your kayak and you go across the water in the dark in the morning. I just want to clarify that.
3: Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I usually try to get my kayak by four you have um, a motor on your kayak. I do. I didn't use it this morning actually. Cause I didn't have very far to go. Um, but I, I have two different options. I've got a trolling motor that I can use for anything under two miles. I like using the trolling motor better, but I also have an outboard, uh, it's a 2.5 horsepower outboard and I use a new canoe kayak. So they're stupid stable. Like they're amazing. And you can, I could probably carry out two deer with it. If I had the opportunity, it's the, like a 700, 700 pound weight capacity. Um, are extremely stable. And that 2.5 is for when I want to go. Like if I want to, I, I shot a buck, I tagged out in Alabama last year on a buck that was five miles from the boat ramp. And that was one that I had to plan because I needed the right wind to go in this area. I knew if I could get in there on the right wind, it was going to work out. Um, just because I knew a little bit about the area. It was actually my first time to sit at it at all. I just scouted it and it was five miles in weather conditions were perfect. The rut was kicking and I got up, I left my house at 1am, got there about 2.30, got unloaded and was in the water by three. And by the time I got there, the sun was already starting to come up. Like, dude, that is
2: dedication.
3: Yeah, I love it, man. The next that sounds like
2: me and turkey season. I love
3: that. The that's, next that's time cool. go, we're we gonna talk about turkeys, I'll work ten times as hard to kill freaking turkey. Oh man, don't <laughs> get, get me started. <laughs> don't get me started.
0: We'll we'll do that another day. Yeah. Uh, but the next time I complain about my you know short journey to get out to the tree in the morning, I'm gonna think of Parker's out there in the water at one yeah. o'clock in the morning. So, dude,
3: it's it's wild. It was really scary when I first started it, um, that first year, every single time I went, I'm just like, golly, is creepy. Old Greg's going to be up here somewhere. (laughs) What you doing in my waters, you know? (laughs) And, uh, it it was really creepy. Um, and the thing that nobody tells you is going to happen is that there's going to be fog on the water early in the morning. So you get out there and you're like, Oh, I got these freaking headlights and I got this extra battery power and these led lights. And you turn them on. It's like you're looking at a white wall in front of you. You can't see anything. So you have to turn the lights off. So it's pitch black dark, except for your safety light. And and you just have to go. And the outboard, the reason I use the outboard is not necessarily for speed in the mornings. It's just for distance. Like I can use gas. And if I run out of gas, I can just fill up the tank again. Um, I don't have to rely on a battery. But I'm going slow because you know, even though it is a stable kayak, if you hit a log or your prop hits a stump or something like that, dude, I can't tell you that is the scariest crap when you're just rolling by yourself in the middle of the water in the early morning, there's nobody around and you pop a log and you like it jars you. There is nothing that makes you butthole wink like that does. <laughs> it is rough. And, uh, the only thing that has, the only thing that has uh matched that amount of like freakiness are the freaking asian carp running through the rivers of kentucky Mm. my lord those are scary (laughs) jumping jumping in the boat oh bro like trying to slap you in the face with your with their tail at 4 a.m and they're loud they're like 20 pound fish you know they come torpedo torpedoing out of the water (laughs) (laughs) that is rough
2: but so, you, so your, your hunting style kind of evolved into, you know, using the boat, using the water access to get away from, from the pressure. You've had success with that. I, I feel like people that are ultra successful, they keep evolving. Um, they don't just stick with one thing. They're always getting better. So, what, what's one thing that is kind of on the horizon for you, man, that you're like – this is what I'm going to start doing. Is it, you know, stuff that you're you're seeing other people have success with or, or is it stuff he that you can't you're coming tell up us, with?
0: Paul, he can't tell us. If, if, then it's the secret, you know, the secret's <laughs> gone. It's all trade. Right?
2: <laughs> yeah.
3: Yeah. It's all. Whatever you feel comfortable with. No. So I'll tell you one thing I've been doing this year that has been great is I've started this thing and I didn't do it on purpose, but I just started looking back and like, seemed to go to a lot of di- a lot of new places on Mondays for whatever reason, it's like, yeah. Monday is a good day to go to a new spot. So I started calling it New Spot Monday. And during New Spot Monday, I go in, try to find a new place that I am challenging myself. I'm not content with the areas that I know are good, or will be good. I'm just trying to broaden my horizon, you know, and like, have places that have more than just my few areas that I go into. Um, And I've had more than a few. I mean, I have so many places I could hunt all of them once all season long. Um But I'm just trying to expand that a little bit more. And sometimes it's harder access place. I went to yesterday or uh, two days ago, the boat ramp, it's a, it's not really a boat ramp um when the water is low, like it is right now. But it was like that boat ramp was like that. <laughs> it was so steep coming off from the parking lot because the water was so low. And so I went ahead and put in, and went back into an area and actually had an encounter with a buck back there, and I just set up wrong. But I was able to break down. He busted me, but after I got down, I went over and fa- and went to where he blew at and found rubs and a bed, a well used bed, and it gave me intel. Right, it gave me intel about an area that otherwise had no idea was good or could potentially kill a deer at. So now. I know not only do I know where that deer's betting bedding at, um, at least sometimes he's bedding there, but I know, okay, I need to prepare for this. If I decide to go in there, I need to prepare to drop my kayak off of a cliff, basically of a boat ramp. And, and I, and I can prepare those things. And then what I can do, I've been doing it all week is trying to break down. Why was that buck there at that time? Uh, Even though I'm just looking at my maps, I know where he was. I know where he likes to be and where he wanted to be at, so I can break it down and maybe next week go kill him. You know, it's it's just the doe that I killed on last Monday was a new spot Monday thing. Um, Went in there, I actually had found the persimmons the day before and didn't hunt them. Came back to new, for new spot Monday and hunted it and killed a deer, and so that was a spot that I had never been to, and now it's a place that i can go back to you know and and i'm probably gonna go there friday uh friday evening if i don't kill a buck on friday morning uh out of that bedding area that i was telling you about earlier i'm probably gonna go there and try to smash another dough <laughs> and have a good time doing it you know so over the years that's just been one of the things that i've been i've always tried to do is really broaden my horizon or i, I guess is that the right word expand my horizons or whatever
2: for me yeah, broaden. yeah sure. Yeah.
3: Bro- broaden. it sounded right
2: yeah.
3: um and in fact that the spot that i went to today uh the very first time i went and sat there it was me and my dad were on rutcation and i shot one of my biggest bucks that i've ever killed um right off of that top of that mountain that's the only reason i knew about that spot is because just on a whim we were like well let's go here and so i think that's something that everybody needs to not get comfortable with okay, not, don't get, don't get content, especially on public land, because at some point somebody's going to find that area that you've been hunting and you're going to be SOL because you ain't going to have anywhere else to go. And I've dealt with that this year. I actually had, uh, I've had a group of guys and it's unfortunate, but there was a group of guys that went through all of my YouTube videos from back when I first started. And maybe I wasn't as careful, which is my fault but I wasn't as careful as I should have been with, uh, just different things, you know, landmarks that you can see from the water or whatever. And they went in and put cell cameras on every single spot that I, that they found and they were accurate. They got it right. <laughs> uh, but a, a friend of mine actually had, he's, it was a mutual friend that I had with him. He was like, Hey, I, I need to let you know about something that's going on. These guys are doing So that is what has forced me to do New Spot Mondays because that just pisses me off. I don't want to deal with people. When I walk in, I want it to be wild. I don't want to see their stupid cell camera sitting there. I want to go into a place that has not been touched that season by anybody except me because I know that I'm going to hunt something right. I'm not just going to go in. I know these areas. I know where the deer bed in these areas. And I don't want to just go in and on a bad wind and blow all my wind into their bedding area and they'd be gone forever and these guys unfortunately don't know that um because if they did they don't know that they probably would know how to hunt better than just spot stealing on YouTube. so um that i'm, I'm a little bitter i'm kind of pissed off about it. if i'm being honest with you but it has forced me to, I, the, the thing i've noticed is people are hunting better dan infault talked about it in a video couple weeks ago people are hunting better and they're hunting smarter and they're the the spots that he was talking about where you know used to people wouldn't go further than 300 yards off the road and now they're getting deep they're going into those areas and they're seeing bucks and they're seeing that it can pay off and so i think there's a a little bit of that going on people are willing to do a little bit more because they're inspired by content creators which is what i started doing it for in the first place. I want to inspire people. Now I've inspired people to do it so much where I'm like, well, where do I have to go? You know, I don't have anywhere else to go now. And so it's uh it's, you know, there's, again there's pros and cons to it, but um, you know, I think I think as far as challenging myself, that is the greatest thing that I've that I've done. Or maybe not challenging myself, but but growing and learning is man, not getting not getting content in in just a few places
0: i think that is an outstanding point i agree with you 100 i think as as at least from what i've seen in the 15 years i've been at this uh you know it used to be well you hang a stand and you're going to go sit that stand and it's going to be it might be a dynamite spot but you're going to sit that stand and that's where you're going to sit and that's the only place you're going to sit you might maybe if the land's big enough you have another stand but like now with what you guys have done and and a lot of the other guys i mean it is it is a constant moving and and it keeps you thinking and and different things like that so it's impressive let me
3: tell you let me tell you something about and this is something i've thought about a lot in the past couple weeks since i've been dealing with this my goal i want to be one of the most consistent people when it comes to whitetail hunting like when people think of consistency i want like maybe that's selfish, maybe it's egotistical or whatever. I want people to think, well, that guy's pretty consistent. You know, as far in, in my, my group of people, I want them to think like that guy's he's consistently killing deer. Uh and and that's what I want to be. The people I know who are consistent are not bothered by challenges. Um, and even though they may maybe maybe bothered is a threat word, they might be bothered, but they're not scared of it. And they're not scared of the the reason why they've been so consistent in the past is because they were willing to take it up a notch and, and do something that's more challenging and sets the bar even higher. So when I first started doing this kayak thing, it set the bar pretty freaking high for people. People were going out and trying to be like, Oh, nah, that crap's scary. I don't want to do that. Well, I have reached a point in my kayak hunting where that's just normal. You know, that's anytime I get a chance to just walk, 30 yards to a shooting house and sit over a deer feeder it's amazing i'm like this is what it used to i used to get pissed off about having to walk 100 yards you know to a to a greenfield and now i'm walking all this distance and kayaking in the dark and all this stuff like anytime that i get to go and hunt private land and just do that i'm like this is amazing this is so relaxing and but so my normal has become most people's like super like hardcore adventure hunt that's my normal. I'm used to it. Like I woke up this morning at two 30 and it's now eight 30 here. And, um, you know, that's just a regular, regular day deer season for me. Um, so I can take that even further. I think I really do believe I can challenge myself to go even further in that.
2: Yeah, I was watching one of your one of your videos this morning on YouTube um and it was the the deer that you took in Alabama last year 2020 and and in the video you said it was the biggest deer that you had taken to date and there was that moment that you're in the tree stand and you and you start to process like what just happened and it was just pure raw emotion, man. And I loved every second of it. And that's and, and to me, uh, that's the sign of someone that that has put in the effort, man. Has just ground themselves into the ground for months, weeks, years to get to that point. And that and to me, that's that's like that's what everyone's chasing. And to, and to get that on camera, man, I really I really just appreciated that moment. And uh,
3: dude, what good you stuff, man. What you may not have known during that video specifically, I had had a just a heck of a season like not, not, not deer season but like season of life Yeah. right there we had a brand new baby my wife was stressed out and she was not like it, it we were we were kind of arguing a little bit more if i'm being honest and like
2: yeah
3: um i i had to miss the opening week of deer season for alabama because i just had my priority my priorities were jacked up honestly, if I'm being honest, I was jacked up. I had missed a bunch of deer. I was putting all this pressure on myself and I'd done some out of state hunts and missed a bunch of deer, just couldn't get it together. And that all just kind of came to a point right there when I killed that, when I killed that buck and it was just like, holy crap, you know, yeah. it, that was, that was the emotion. And I think, I think for deer hunters, I think a, a, a diehard deer hunter will understand what i'm saying when i'm when i say like when you when you achieve that goal of of shooting that big mature buck you know after when all this stuff is going on in your life like you get this release where all of that junk that's been going on it doesn't matter anymore like yeah. like you get you get just a just a few maybe a couple hours where you're not living in your own reality right? Like you're living in this dream world where nothing else can touch it. Nothing could take away. Your boss could call you and say, you're fired. You're like, I don't freaking give a crap. Like, I am I don't care. This is me time. And man, with, uh, if, if a deer hunter, I, I don't know why people hunt if they don't feel that, you know, I don't know. No, no. I don't know why that's, anybody uh, would do it. It's just a lot of work to me. If, if you don't yeah, get, that's back.
2: exactly right, man. I mean, that's, that's, that's what, I, that's what, that's what it's about. It, it's, and it's that moment right there. And it's that, that gratification, you know, that payoff of all the hard work and just being involved in the process, man. I mean, that, it was, just, it's, a, it's a, it's a beautiful thing. And I, I just watch that video. If you're listening to this quit, go watch that video. I mean, it was just awesome, man. It it, it really was.
3: So. I appreciate it. That was a, that was a good, that was a good day. Yeah, <laughs>
2: that was a really good it, day. it was man. Parker, I really, I really appreciate your time wrangle months you guys got anything uh no i just i
0: was thinking um you know when we we talked about getting Parker around here and we got a lot of people in ohio might be thinking man why are they getting some 31 year old guy from alabama to talk about the rut hunt in ohio but i hope through all of this what you guys have heard is that the dude is a slayer and it doesn't matter if it's Alabama or North Dakota or Kentucky or wherever he gets it done. And you know, I appreciate you Parker for, for explaining some of the, you know, your common denominators and, and your process. Uh, You know, I told my wife about, about you and, and what we're going to do. And of course the first thing, uh, she said was so you're gonna go buy a kayak now, aren't you? because every time I fit, find something cool I have to go and 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 try it out. Uh, I'm not sure if I'm there yet, but uh we'll just you know, take I, a
2: duck hunting too. oh uh,
0: we got to, a that's point. a that's a selling point to her. look, we yeah. can use it for multiple things so uh, i I do I really appreciate you uh you know spending the time and 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 hanging out with us for a little bit. and I think Corey might be having some audio issues so I don't Corey, you have anything or are you there? No, he's not, it's not working. So, uh, that's all I got. Uh, Paul, anything else? Nothing,
2: Parker? How can people find you on social media?
3: Yeah, so, um, we do a podcast, uh, on the Sportsman's Nation podcast network. It's called Southern Ground Hunting, and, um, that's kind of where we got our start at. And then we did, we started this YouTube channel, uh, that's Southern Ground Hunting, and so you can find all the all the videos on there that we've been talking about. And then Instagram is at Southern ground hunting, all lowercase, all one word on Facebook. It's just Southern Ground at Southern ground hunting. You'll find us there. Um, Try to keep it as up to date and as busy as possible on all those accounts. So go go wild.
2: Just search Parker McDonald. Yep.
3: Yep. On go wild. You can find Parker McDonald. I got all my, my gear list and all that stuff. Uh, on go wild, which is pretty cool. Love those guys, what they're doing. I actually got banned from Facebook the other day uh for saying kill. I said uh, uh I think I said a buddy of mine was showing a picture of some buck sign and I said go kill him and they were like nope. <laughs> Parker appreciate it man I, hey, I thank, wish thank you all you guys the luck so
2: much. this season and uh it's been great man. I hope I, I want to be I want you to be a friend of the
3: program. So absolutely. Well maybe we'll get together when I come up to Ohio and try to slice something
0: sounds good buddy sounds good take care everybody